Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Do you aspire to become the best leader you can be? Then come along with me and GLE. Faith, love, integrity, courage. Four key values of great leaders all around the world. I'm Phil Swanson, and I'm on a mission to bring you leaders from all walks of life and arm you with the tools and mindset to lead effectively in whatever you are called to do. Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Pump today got a special guest who is a former Wayne State University Warrior baseball teammate of mine who I had the fortunate opportunity to bullpen catch for the year he was drafted fifth round to the San Diego Padres back in 2008 and you know I had to bring out the old hat in his honor even though he doesn't play for them and hasn't for years now but um, throughout his career he's had the opportunity to play for seven different major league teams won a championship over in Japan an international team and had the opportunity for uh, our relationship to grow over the years as we share a lot of the same values of faith and family. And I'm thrilled to have my old friend and uh, former roommate, Anthony Bass from the Toronto Blue Jays, join me today on GLE. Anthony, welcome to the show. Philly B from the 313. Thank you. My usher at my wedding. It's it's (laughs) it's an honor to be part of your GLE podcast. Well, thank you, man. It's uh, a pleasure to have you. So, Interesting season for baseball. I'm curious, what's it like to play for cardboard cutouts? Is that as exciting as real fans? <laughs> you know what? You kind of got used to it. At first, it was very strange not having anyone in the ballpark. But the teams did a really good job of um, playing crowd noise in the stadiums. And it really does make it feel like you're playing in a, in a packed park. Like they got the crowd noise, like that white noise sound in the background. And for me, I never really allowed my surroundings to ever get in the way of my job, my mission on the mound. So it wasn't a, a big deal. At first it was just strange, but you grew, you grew to just kind of roll with it. Yeah. I, I, uh, I imagine that was really weird at first, but you know, coming from, all your days of, you know, inner squads and the green and gold and playing for no fans. That's not something that, that baseball players, I guess, are is too foreign to them playing for, for nobody. Right, man. Let's go back to your story. You know, you're Trenton boy from Michigan. Talk about your baseball journey. Let, let our audience know kind of how you got to the major leagues and where you are today. I'll try to be quick. I I don't want to, for you. It's, it's, it's a long story, but basically out of high school, um, wasn't a very highly touted prospect, had two offers, one to Wayne State and the other one to Eastern Michigan. And my gut and my intuition led me to choosing Wayne State. Um, I just liked everything about the university. I liked um, the coaching staff there. I liked what I saw from my, my visit. And um, I'm really happy with my decision. And then once I committed to Wayne State, um, I played three years at Wayne State. 
And then in my, my last year is when I felt like I had an opportunity to play at the professional level. Um, went to my summer league in 2007 out in Northern California for the Marysville Gold Sox. And um, I remember watching Tim Linscombe of the San Francisco Giants pitch. And I was amazed at how this small frame was able to generate so much power in his delivery. So I told myself, I'm going to try to pitch like him. I know I'm bigger than he is. If he's able to throw as hard as he does, why can't I? So the following day, I went to the field, grabbed my catcher, went to the bullpen, got on the mound. And I remember telling him, hey, I'm going to try something new today. I don't know where the ball's going. And he was like, oh, thanks, man. Great. All right. Great. Just what every catcher wants to hear. He was just like kind of like a goalie back there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went through my delivery, kind of implemented a coil in my delivery, kind of like Linscombe does. And um, when I released the ball, the catcher caught it, and he said, do that again. So I did it again. He caught the ball, no issues. He didn't go over his head, didn't go in the dirt. So he called over our coach. Jack Johnson's his name. Not the musician, former former professional baseball player, Jack Johnson. <laughs> Not banana pancakes, Jack And he Johnson. walked on over, and the catcher said, hey, Jack, take a look at Bass. He said, all right. So I threw a couple for my, my coach, and all he said was, do that in the game. I go, really? He's like, do that in the game. I said, okay. So my next outing, I went out, um, one, two, three. And there's a scoreboard up in uh, right, right field that reads the uh, radar readings. And uh, that inning, I didn't look at the board. I came in the dugout and my teammates were just, their eyes were just huge. Like, oh my gosh. That whole summer, my velocity was like upper 80s to lower 90s. Right around 90 miles an hour is what I was pitching. Well, that inning I came in and I didn't throw a fastball below 94 miles an hour. Wow. So I was like, I think I'm on to something. So word kind of got around when I came back to Wayne State that fall. We had our fall um, scout day through in front of the scouts. Uh, I think there was like 10-ish scouts that day. And after I was done throwing, um, our coach, Jay Alexander, at the time, walked on over to me and handed me 10 envelopes from each team. And he said, you need to fill out these questionnaire forms. All 10 teams are interested And I was just like, whoa, like talk about super humbling and like very grateful for this opportunity. And then I went into that season um, and then I could just tell just more and more attention as the season progressed. And then I was drafted by San Diego there in the fifth round after um, my junior season at Wayne State. And then, um, yeah, I worked up um, the minor league ladder there, three years in the minor leagues until I made my major league debut. Uh, in 2011 against the Rockies in, in uh, Coors Field, which isn't the most ideal place to pitch uh, for all you baseball fans. Um, but I went out there, went five innings, one run, and got the win. And then after the game, I was called into the manager's office and was sent back down to the minor leagues. Um, they just needed me to fill a spot for that day. And I remember um, the all-star closer at the time, Heath Bell, told me in the shower or shower he goes he goes you're gonna be back in two weeks and I said really he goes yep watch sure enough two weeks go by 
I get the call back up in San Diego and I'm there the rest of the year. And then since then, it's really just been a journey. Um, I bought, I've been traded, I've been released, signed minor league deals, went over to Japan, um, came back from Japan in 2017 and kind of reestablished myself at the major level this, these past three years with the Cubs, the Mariners, and um, the Blue Jays this past season. And now I'm in a position that I've never been in before where I'm a free agent and able to uh, kind of weigh options and offers and, and go from there. But uh, it's been a ride and, and I've enjoyed every second. Super cool, man. That's a great story. I, you touched on a couple of things I want to hit on and a few of them I had on questions to ask you. So Tim Linscombe and emulating a guy like, like Tim, I think many people sometimes, and, and we always do it, do it as kids, right? And, and baseball players are notorious for like joking on each other and like, like impersonating each other. And, you know, mm -hmm. there's certain people that might toe tap that, uh, that we know that, that we would impersonate back in the day. But, you know, emulating people that are having success can be an extremely successful strategy and just, just copying what people are doing. You know, is that, is that something you've always tried to do? Or was that only uh, that one time where, where it really clicked and, and you got that feeling and, and uh, had that success with Tim? I think that's where it started. And, and since that moment when watching someone in my field of work have that much success, I want to learn from the best. Um, so that's where it started for me. And as my career has progressed, um, I've found other pitchers that are similar to me, the way that they pitch their pitching style, their, um, the pitches, the way they move velocity. And I, and I watch how they pitch and I try to use their strategies to help me get hitters out essentially. And um, I think that, that happens as, as you mature in the game and you, and you learn from your failures. I think that's um, what's really helped me. How do you, speaking of failures, how do you go about really handling those failures as a pitcher? You know, you're out there on an Island, you're out there on the mound. There's a, there can be a lot of pressure, right? And I know you've transitioned a couple of times, maybe from starting to trying your hand closing, you know, there's, there's a lot of different sort of pitcher mentalities out there and everybody's different, but I'm just curious your approach to pitching and your mentality, has it changed from high school to Wayne state to now? And, and what are, what are those key moments where you've really made strides in your mentality as a pitcher? So in high school, I, I relied solely on my, my talent and I was able to overpower my opposition so at the time, I was kind of like on cruise control, didn't, wasn't really, I was challenged, but um, not often. So it was easy just to just throw my fastball a lot and my breaking ball and, and hitters would swing at it and miss. And I was on cruise control. And then you go to the college ranks where the best from high school are now there. So they're better hitters, they're more disciplined, and it just keeps on going up all the way up to the major league. So as the hitters get better and better, um, obviously you need to improve and you need to learn from um, what's not working and what is working and you, and you go from there. And, and at the major league level, my game plan is, it has never changed ever since I can remember was fill up the strike zone. No one wants to play behind a pitcher that is walking everyone or seems to be throwing a lot of pitches. It's, it's not fun. So I try to be on the attack a lot. I tried to go after my, my um, opposition 
because um, I, I trust my stuff. I trust my abilities. Uh, I know that my pitches are very good. Um, so I'm going to put the pressure on the hitter and take the pressure off myself. That's awesome, man. How, how, how do you build that trust with yourself? Because I know when it comes to anything, having that self-confidence and that trust in your abilities is key. And there's a lot of, you know, repetitions, there's mental exercises. I know, you know, there's sports psychologists out there. Do you have an approach to really helping Anthony Bass have that confidence, that trust in your stuff or is, you know, was there another way you did that? I think I, I really learned from failing at the highest level, getting knocked down, having a teammate actually approach me after a rough outing. And, and he said, lift, pick your head up. Cause I had my head down. I was sitting on the bench, lift your head up. He said, look over across the diamond. It was the Dodgers at the time. He's like, they don't feel sorry for you. No one in this dugout feels sorry for you. He's like, they're taking money and food off of your table from you and your family. You need to go out there and pitch with a chip on your shoulder. He's like, you have the talent, you have the skill. He's like, it's between your ears. That's all it is. That moment, I'll never forget that moment. It was back in 2013. Um, I gave up back-to-back home runs, one to Adrian Gonzalez, the other one to AJ Ellis. And I, I felt like that was the turning point for me, like where I really needed to work on my mental point of my game more so than my physical skills. Um, and what has really helped me is um, trusting my, my, my abilities. But when I do have success, I, I've actually written them down in my notes in my phone after a good outing and highlighted points of my start where I had success. Um, for example, I have a, I'll, I'll read it to you in my notes really quick, but it was an outing in Japan um, I went seven innings against one of the better teams and gave up one run. It was a solo home run. And I, I remember I was like, I need to write this down when things aren't going well. And this is what I, this is what I wrote. This is back in 2016. I'm writing this after my start against the Oryx Buffaloes on April 15th, 2016. I pitched well because I know I'm a great pitcher. Have conviction in every pitch, even if it might not be the right one. Make every pitch look the same by your demeanor, from my windup to my follow-through. Through the good times and the bad, you are your own worst enemy. Know you are great and do the damn thing. Love it. Boom. So, like, so, so like when I was younger, I didn't have that in me yet, like that no, knowledge and knowing like how good, how good I am and, and really trusting myself until I got to the highest level and got beat up. And yeah. then I had to really dial it in mentally. I think everybody that's made it to a high level of success has gone through that at some level. And I, you know, they do it at different points. And for you, it was the majors. And I remember coming from high school for me, it, for me, that was Wayne state. I remember getting beat up mentally at Wayne and really struggling. And one thing that really stuck out to me from what you said is you learned your confidence from failure and most people wouldn't think that that builds confidence that that failure would would necessarily build confidence but 
you know, I, I'm recently learning slowly and I, I love how you highlighted it that, you know, going through failures and really being knocked down, but learning from them. And like you said, I actually just put out my last podcast. It might've been my last one or the one before it's titled write it and run it. And uh, it's talking about how important it is to write things down and build plans. Like, like you just read, you know, you wrote down what you wanted to do and then you just put your head down and run the play, you know, trust the play. You wrote it down. You got to follow it. And I, I just love that, you know, you took the time to say, okay, this works for me. This is what I want to do. I'm even going to take some time to write it down. And then that's the mentality I need to have going forward. Mm -hmm. It's very strong. The power of the mind, man. Um, there's a famous quote by Michael Jordan. You know, he's one of the greats. And he says the reason why he's so good is because of all the times he's failed. Um, you can look it up. I, I don't know verbatim what he said, but, you know, the documentary that came out, The Last Dance, and, and it was so much fun to watch such a competitor and arguably the greatest basketball player of all time. Um, see kind of where his mentality was and his approach. And, like, I like to learn from those kind of players and those people whatever field you're in i'm in sports so sure. I love other competitors that are great sure what, what makes them tick my favorite quote from that documentary is um from michael who said i i push people when they didn't want to be pushed i challenge people when they didn't want to be challenged i do these things because that's who i am if you, if you don't want to play that way don't play that way you yeah, know, he's, he wants like, to win. Hey, There's no yeah. ifs and Sure, sure. And, you know, he, you know what? Man? And not everyone has that in them. That's why he is who he is. Um, well, everybody leads differently. So talk about your leadership style. You were, um, you're obviously a leader at Wayne State. Um, talk about your approach to leadership back then versus now. You know, are you the type of guy that considers yourself a leader on, on these teams? Obviously, pitchers are kind of in general. Yeah, yeah. And, and this year more so than – Past years, um, I was the oldest member of the bullpen. I was, I was pitching at the back end of games. I was one of the leaders and more trusted um, bullpen arms from my manager. So, yeah, in that point, I would speak up um, when we had pitchers meetings. And a lot of it, it, it comes down to not so much the scouting reports or what to throw hitters. It's more so, um, like I said, like you guys need to know how good you are and how hard it is to hit a baseball. So go out there on the attack and don't give free passes because your stuff and, and your abilities are good enough. Like I would just reiterate that from time to time if we're going up in a big series like against the Astros um, or, or the Yankees. I know we didn't play Houston this past season, but, you know, powerhouse teams. Like mm -hmm. don't, don't let the names in the lineups that you hear scare you or intimidate you. Um, that hitting is – is very difficult and there's a reason why you're in this major league clubhouse right now in a major league uniform because the front office believes in you and they know you can do it. So go out there and, and, and do the damn thing. That's what I like to say. <laughs> do it, man. I love it. That, uh, have you always, I, I feel like your vocal leadership and what you just described there is something you've probably grown into since Wayne state. Yeah. In college, um, as you know, I didn't, I didn't speak a whole lot. The two other captains on the team, older, older players, um, were, they were more uh, boisterous. I, I kind of just went out there and pitched, you know, and, and, and let my, my um, pitching do the talking. Um, mm -hmm. But I was also very competitive. I wanted to win. I didn't want to lose. I hated losing. Yeah. 
Um, but I, I definitely wasn't the one that would get on someone that, that wasn't me, but, but more so now I, I feel like younger guys are more leaning on me and looking at me for direction or like they have questions about how to take care of their bodies during a, a full major league season or, or, Hey, how do you pitch, um, Giancarlo Stanton? Like, have you faced him before? Yeah, I have. And he's taken me deep. This is what you shouldn't do. Like these guys are definitely picking my brain and I'm enjoying it. Um, cause I know, I used to pick the brain of guys like Heath Bell and uh, Mike Adams and Luke Gregerson. Um, that really helped me become the pitcher I am. Man, you just totally described the purpose of Go Lead Everything. And it's when you see that need, you know, you see your teammates need something from you. They're, they're looking to you to be that, that vocal leader and share those things with them. And so, you, you know, you, you adjusted, even though that wasn't maybe your natural tendency and are stepping up to be that. So, you know, I absolutely love that. Absolutely love that. So switching gears a little bit, know you're a heavy metal guy. We went to a Slipknot concert way back in the day, which is the, it's the craziest experience I think I've ever had. Um, I got hit with a couple full cups of beer, I'm pretty sure, multiple times. Um, craziness. But uh, The energy at that show is nothing oh gosh, I've ever experienced man. in my life. Oh, man, it's crazy. But uh, how do you pick, how do you go about selecting your walkout songs? Because I, I see these, these uh, Instagram posts and you're always picking some of the classics, man. Yeah, so um, just something I remember. So I, this past season, <laughs> I walked out to a song that was played in the movie Super Troopers. Um, the scene where the officer pulls over the European couple and they're playing like this techno song on the radio, like this techno beat. And I really liked it. So I ended up choosing that song. And then uh, last year I walked out to, um, uh, who did I walk out to? Uh, old classic song, Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. Mm -hmm. um, I just loved the song. I felt like it was a great end of the game closer slash setup song it just had a really good lead in and then the year before i think i walked out to uh lose yourself by eminem it's just a pump up song and being from the detroit area brought me back to my roots so i chose them i'm pretty sure you forced me to karaoke that in nashville one time oh yeah that's your <laughs> bachelor party was it or it was your birthday i think we came in birthday? to surprise you for your birthday gotcha maybe, maybe. Because I had my bachelor party in Nashville as well, so I wasn't sure. And I know you came down for my 30th birthday. Yeah, that was yeah. probably it. I think that was it, yeah. That was fun, man. That's when mm -hmm. we, we, got, uh, we got the girls to ride the bull. You'd, you'd fit in nicely in Nashville with, with uh, your background. and Nashville's a fun city, man. If you, if you can find a spot for me to play live at one of the, one of the places, I, I'll, uh, a lot of I'll options. do a gig. I don't know what's going on with the pandemic. <laughs> I don't know if they let me. But uh, there's options. Right. There you go, man. So you've been a closer, you've been a starter. Are there different mentalities to closing versus starting? Which one do you prefer and why? Oh, they're so different. I, I enjoy both. I can't say that I love one or the other. I really enjoy doing both. I, I love the aspect of um, the preparation and, and having, you know, those five days to lead into your start and um, preparing to face a lineup three times through the lineup and, really 
getting on a, a good game plan with my catcher uh, startings. I, I love pitching deep into games and kind of like, kind of like I'm setting the table. I'm, I'm, I'm the first pitcher to go out there. I'm the one that kind of sets the tone for the rest of the day. I love that. But I also love closing it out. I love the pressure there in the ninth or eighth inning, whatever it is, or extra innings. And I'm the guy that, that the team's uh, trusting in to put up a zero on the board and, you know, get that win. Um, with the mentality goes, like, as a reliever, as a closer, it's you got to make not only quality pitches, but you got to be throwing strikes just like a starter does, but you gotta, you got to put them in um, the right location. You can't just throw strikes and, and fill up the strike zone and hope that they get themselves out all the time um, because the, the, the opposition knows this is their last chance to win the game they're going to be looking to do some damage and you have to know the hitters tendencies too. Um, know who swings early, who's aggressive, who's not, know the speed of the runners. Um, so you're, you're not in a, a situation where you're slow to the plate and next thing you know, you got runners in scoring position with, with a big bat and, you know, do up. So it's the strategy of baseball. I love it. Um, both. I love both starting and relieving the mentality of, of closing I call it, I say it's a game within the game. The mm -hmm. last three outs is just a different level. And I commend guys like Mariano Rivera, Trevor Hoffman, Billy Wagner um, for being able to do it so consistently their whole careers because it's, it's not easy to do. Mm -hmm. Man, I tell you what, it's not easy to do. And it's so cool, like you said, just seeing excellent people that are good at it. And, uh, you know, it's been super cool watching you grow. I, I remember bullpen catching for you that day with on scout day and uh i'm pretty sure your first pitch i didn't even catch it it like went off my glove and hit me in the face mask i'm pretty sure <laughs> right in front of like 20 scouts what, what many scouts were Did I cross me. you up no man you just you threw some heat and i was i was nervous man i had all these scouts behind me with radar guns and i think you i think you hum 96 yeah that swanson over the back so that they could see <laughs> they're, they're not only me they were scouting you too i thought i was gonna get recruited man i really did <laughs> No good. But um, so what was the toughest moment in your major league career or any point in your career that you can remember where you were, you were really challenged mentally and uh, had to make adjustments? I would say I touched on it briefly earlier was that game against the Dodgers in Dodger stadium back in 2013, I gave up back-to-back -back home runs and, Game was out of control. Out of control. Basically, we had our backs against the wall. I had my head down, and for my teammate to come over and, and put his arm around me and basically pick me up and kind of like knock some sense in me. I think that was that was the turning point for me mentally in my career. Um, there have been other times where in AAA I wasn't pitching very well, and they wanted to move me to the bullpen and. I was like, man, I'm going to be moved to the bullpen in AAA. Like, this is it for me starting in my career. And then the next day, the manager called me in the office and said, hey, just talk to the general manager, and you're not going to the bullpen anymore. You're going to stay in the rotation. And I said, hey, I'm going to go back to pitching the way I do because they were trying to mess with my mechanics and my delivery, and it wasn't working. And I just was getting hit around. Mm -hmm. I said, screw it. I'm going back to pitching the way I know how to. And my next four or five stars, I gave up a total of like three or four runs. I was wow. just cruising and then I got called back up to the big league. So those were two points in my career that I can recall that really, it really reminded me, one, to work on my mental game 
and two, trust myself. Mm-hmm. What got me there? So yeah. those are two big takeaway, takeaways from those two moments. Yeah, those are huge. I'm reminded of uh, lots of times I feel like those big turning points in our life where we really get set on the path where we need to be going it's those low points where you're almost at that point of like, what is going on? You know, like, and, and then that's when you really grow and you realize that, you know, God was just putting you there and preparing you for what he wanted you to do. And then you look back and it's so clear, but when you're going through it, it can be really challenging to just overcome and, and get through those things, man. For sure. No doubt. Life, life's not easy. man. Definitely not. Definitely not. Well, Anthony, this has been fun, man. I ask everybody, well, not everybody, but one of my favorite questions to ask, obviously we're in a technology age and podcasting is big and doing content on social is big. Who knows who could see Anthony Bass talking in the coming years? It might be your baby girl and her kids or her kids' kids. You just never know, right? So what would you leave to the next generations, however many there are? I might see what you have to share today. You can share up to three things, but you know, what are the, what are the key things you want to leave them with? Live up life, go explore. I'm all about seeing the world and um, seeing new places and meeting new people. I'm really glad that I'm able to do that. Um, And also whatever you're passionate about, no matter if it's the coolest thing in the world or the lamest thing in the world, like do whatever you love to do, whatever you're passionate about. Um, Cause you're going to live a happy life. If, if, if you do what you love to do versus um, just focusing on the paycheck, um, fall in love with what you're passionate about and go for it. Awesome, man. I love it. Anthony, Thanks for coming on the show. If people want to find you on social or anywhere, where do they find you? Instagram, uh, Anthony Bass or Anthony E. Bass on Instagram and then Twitter, Anthony Bass 52. Awesome. Appreciate having you on, brother. Great chat with you. Thanks, Billy B. Always a pleasure talking to your brother. Hell yeah, man. You take care. If you enjoyed today's show, give it a five-star rating. Follow, subscribe, and head on over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more about the Go Lead Everything movement. For more great content daily, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RealPhilSwanson, Facebook and LinkedIn at PhilipSwanson. And for videos of these episodes and other great video content daily, subscribe to the Phil Swanson channel on YouTube. Now go 